Hello for the King listeners. I am not your host, Rocky Ramsey. My name is Will Drzymski, a brother in Christ and friend of Rocky's whom he has generously invited onto the show in order to verbally showcase my artwork to you in 50 seconds. As an artist, I strive to accurately reflect the glory of God in everything that I paint, and through that process, I hope to flood as much of the earth as possible with paintings which accurately proclaim the undeniable fact that Jesus is Lord and the creation which he made commands us to worship him. So if you would like to join with me in distributing clean, refreshing artwork showcasing the creativity of the God who made us, I would be overjoyed to have your help. I run my own website called Reflected Works, where I showcase the artwork I've done in the past, sell original paintings and prints, and take requests for unique commissions. Once again, that's reflectedworks.com, all one word, and I'm looking forward to helping you further the kingdom of God right now here on this earth by putting some of your free wall space to productive use. Thank you very much for your kind attention, and now enjoy the show. Don't think I will even ask you to make Jesus Lord of your life. That's the most preposterous thing I could ever tell you to do. Jesus Christ is Lord of your life. Whether you serve him or not, whether you bless him, curse him, hate him, or love him, he is the Lord of your life because God has given him a name that is above every name so that the name of Jesus Christ every knee shall bow and tongue confess that he is Lord. Some of you will bow out of the grace that has been given to you and others will bow because your kneecaps will be broken by the one who rules the nations with a rod of iron. And I'll not apologize for this God of the Bible. Friends, welcome to the For the King podcast. I am your host, Rocky Ramsey. And on the For the King podcast, we proclaim the edicts of the king, namely and chiefly that Yahweh reigns. We are thankful that you guys are joining us today. I am joined on these Sunday episodes with my brother Bryce. What's up, dude? How you doing? Yo. There he is. And we also have Jason. Hello, guys. How are there you? There he is. So we've had uh, Jason on before, but we're thankful he's here to help us uh, work through this topic. So we're continuing on this series about what it means to be a godly Christian man. Uh, what kind of men are God is God looking for? Uh, what are, where are his eyes searching for as they run to and fro throughout the earth? So last week, or maybe, I guess maybe three weeks now ago, I've been a little slow on this. Um, we had hit on you the curious man. You haven't been disciplined. I haven't been disciplined right now. I'm trying to be better about that. <laughs> <laughs> take, the, take the log out of your eye. I know. I, uh, I'm going to try to be more disciplined about this guy. So after, after, <laughs> after this podcast, you can email and say, dude, like, what the heck? You this been? is a, uh, don't, don't, don't do as I do. Yeah. Don't do as I do. Do, Watch, as, I say, don't do, do as, as I say, don't do what I do do. So we just went through the, uh, curious man was, was the last, last topic. So, you know, hopefully we gave some good thoughts there about, you know, men ought to be curious about God's world and be interested in what's going on in the world. That's good. There's another component of it, though. We can't just end there and just think we ought to be curious. We also need to be disciplined men to hone in our curiosity to make it worth something. Um, curiosity in and of itself isn't, it's not worth much, especially yeah. if you're orienting your curiosity to things that are wicked and wrong. Right. So let me read a few texts here that are going to set the stage for us, and then and then we'll move forward. So Proverbs 16.22, understanding is a fountain of life to one who has it, but the discipline of fools is folly. And then coupling that with Proverbs 13, 18, poverty and shame will come to him who neglects discipline. 
but he who regards reproof will be honored. So a few things we want to extract here. If you want to be an honored man, you need to um, regard reproof with welcome. You need to welcome being reproved and being disciplined. Poverty and shame will come upon you if you're not disciplined. And curiosity and understanding is a fountain of life. It's good. But if you're a fool, if you have foolish discipline, that just brings about folly. So those two proverbs are what we want to work on here and uh, start this conversation. So I don't know if you guys have any thoughts before we kind of move forward and start discussing this. Uh, perhaps one of the, like a preliminary discussion when you're looking in the Old Testament, if you just do a quick little search, you look up discipline or disciplined. Everything that pops up is always done in the context of a uh, a fatherly discipline of a son, a correction, a um, chastisement. Yeah, a chastisement. But what we're trying to get at here is discipline. It has that connotation because what it is displaying is a re. Mm-hmm constitution to having an ordered life mm-hmm. so that's it discipline in and of itself is being well ordered mm-hmm. and you're when you're receiving discipline you're receiving a reconstitution a restructuring or a reordering yeah of your life that that's what a parent does to a to a kid but we also we're talking about regulating yourself yeah. um, we're talking about disciplining yourself which is li- right. like you are literally making your life harder chastising yourself in a sense, Dis, you know, you're disciplining yourself right. to orient yourself towards that. Right. Um, and that's why one of the fruits of the spirit in Galatians five is self-control. You are, you are literally beating your body. I mean, Paul talks about that. He beats his body to make it, he's like a boxer. You know, he, he wants to be fighting the right fight. Yeah. You need to make sure you're, you're addressing those things in yourself and being right. self-controlled. Right. Jason, do you have any thought before we get going? No, about it. Okay. So, um, there's a few practical things we want to discuss about how we think that this makes sense when you discipline yourself as a man. So we had talked about curiosity last time and, you know, we can be curious about a lot of different things in life. And, and usually men do have things that they like a hobby or um, their, their profession, uh, their family. There's a lot of things that we should be invested in and learning a lot about. But like we said at the beginning, we want to orient that towards, towards the good, the, the good, the true, the noble, set your mind on things that are above. So one that we had in mind that we were uh, thinking about um, coming into this episode is, you know, how can you discipline yourself or, you know, sort of, uh, dis- uh, sorry, uh, punish yourself in a sense to, to have a right ordered life? Well, it's huge that um, a man has energy to do what he ought to do each day. And that's, you know, just bookending your day with proper discipline so you can do the deeds and the things that God has called you to do as a man. So that'd be setting an alarm and waking up early and making it, making that a good solid habit that you have, that you're disciplined and then going to bed on time to make sure you can wake up early to do those things. Right. That's very, very important for a man to have that down pat. Right. And you see this in the business world and the self-help world. This is just a natural principle God's put in the world, but Christians ought not to neglect it. We see God giving us sleep in Psalm four. He, he lays down, he, uh, David lays down and he's, he feels safe. Yeah. And safety, will I find sleep, you know? Right. So the Lord is the one that gives sleep. So go and take it. <laughs> like, yeah. if the Lord is giving it to you, he's, he's, he's going to make you dwell in safety. He's giving you promises that you're going to be more than a conqueror in Christ. Go and get some <laughs> sleep. Go and get what you need to have in order to be the man you're supposed to be. Yeah. What do you guys and, think? And, and then there's the abuse of the grace of sleep that God gives us by, as it says in the Proverbs, as a sluggard turns, his, uh, turns himself in the bed, the, the righteous or the disciplined man turns the door hinge. Yeah. So while the while the righteous man is walking out the door and turning that hinge, the sluggard is still rolling over in his bed. Exactly. So there's always an abuse of graces that yep. we will take for granted. Exactly. Uh, for instance, the the rain. 
right? When God gives the showers to come and farmers don't pay homage to, to God for it, that is an abuse of that grace. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the point of discipline is recognizing the, uh, the creation mandate that God's given you to act as a man mm-hmm. and to do that thing, to be ordered and structured and to live your life in accordance with God's great giftings to you. Yeah. Amen. I think discipline starts with just developing good habits. And so if you don't develop good habits then you ultimately come into um, being irresponsible. And um, so I think the discipline of just establishing good habits in a day-to-day life, whether it's, you know, just your work, getting up early, doing your devotions early in the morning, whatever's productive for you that you establish habits with those things, whether it's exercising your food. I mean, even our pastor discussed today about if you're, when he was talking about the Sabbath rest and making, you know, resting on that seventh day for us be the first day of the week. But if, if you come to Sunday and you're wrestling and you're, rest, you're, you're rushing to get everything done, then you've been undisciplined in your week leading up to that. So yes. developing good habits ultimately it comes from establishing discipline in your own life. So it just has to start with the small things and learning from your mistakes. And as these guys have said, is being willing to take, correction um, and i'll even admit it even in my own life that if you don't take correction you'll 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 receive the consequences of it so exactly you know my you know my admonition to young men is to be willing um to be humble to take correction from from other men who are older and wiser um, otherwise you will reap the consequences of it so discipline means to establish good godly habits and be willing to take instruction and reproof from older exactly. godly wise men that's good. Right. That, that brings up the next dimension of the conversation that we are talking about regulating yourself, having self-control and disciplining yourself. But like Jason was saying, being disciplined as a man, you can, you can literally be disciplined by another man that's coming, that's coming to you and bringing, bringing that against you right. um, and correcting you, which is why that shows up in this proverb. So being a disciplined man means you get disciplined by other men that you respect because you put yourself in a situation where you're around other men that will call you out on stuff and are disciplined right. themselves. And then you and iron sharpens iron in that way. We yeah. have other Proverbs that are about that. So that's really important. That's another element of it. You need to be in a community where that's possible. Yeah. Well, and if you think about what Paul writes to the Corinthians and his uh, second epistle there, he says, many of you have mentors, but not many of you have fathers. But yeah. I've, I've become a father of you through the faith. Yeah, that's huge. So uh, these Corinthians were not structuring or organizing or being disciplined in the church that they had because all they had were just mere mentors, but they didn't have a father figure to lead them. Yeah. And this couples together very well with Proverbs 13.1, which says a wise son accepts his father's discipline. So if we want, if we want to be more disciplined men, the first thing that we ought to do is say, who do I imitate? Yeah. Right? So uh-huh. for us, we're Christians. What does that mean? We're little Christ. We're followers of the King on high. Yeah. So the first thing that we would want to do is say, am I being conformed to the image of Christ? How did Christ walk? Exactly. Oh, let me look at Philippians chapter 2. Christ became a servant of all. <clears throat> he didn't consider himself, but he laid down his life on behalf of other people. How about for me as a disciplined man, let me start saying my life for yours instead of your life for, for mine. Mm. So we discipline ourselves to act righteously. Exactly. And we accept reproof from people when we're not walking in that manner. Mm-hmm. So our eyes should be to our father and our father's approval. Exactly. And not what Jordan Peterson says about your sock drawer. That's good. So 
that is the way we should be uh, constructing our lives. That discipline comes from imitation. And if you don't have imitation, you will never be a truly disciplined man. That's good. I think to piggyback off of that is we imitate, you know, other things, other people in our lives, you know, just as an example, you know, if you're into sports, I know that when I was young, you know, I would watch, you know, baseball and basketball and I would, you know, I'd see these guys on television and I would go out and try to imitate what they did on the field and try to grow in that. And then I think the example is Paul says to imitate me. So therefore, as Christian men, we should be looking at men that we can see within our church that are that are godly examples of godly men who are leading their wives, their children, um, serving in the church that are doing it. We should be able to look at those men, evaluate their lives and say, well, this man I can see is really, he's a Christ follower and he's, he's exemplifying that in every aspect of his life. And then maybe we could reach out to him and say, Lord, hey, but how can I, what are you doing that I can glean from you so that I can become and imitate what you have done in your own life and my own, in my life. So I think that it's good for men to be looking at other men within the church and say, is there, is there men in my church that I can go to and glean some wisdom from of how they've lived their lives and established a God ordering a godly home and how they've been successful in their careers and gain wisdom from them uh, by how they've been living their lives. Cause wow. we do that in other areas to where we look at athletes we, you know, Bryce has brought up Jordan Peterson. A lot of men are looking at Jordan, Jordan Peterson as somebody to emulate. Well, they're trying to imitate him, but that's all in vain because he's not a Christian. Yeah, and yeah. so, therefore, we need to be looking at godly men. How do we imitate the godly men around us and, and establish that in our own lives? Well, exactly. and Jason brings up a really good point there. We have an issue in our society with uh, evangelical Christians. So, if if you're struggling, if you're committing the sin of watching pornography, you don't start up an accountability group with a person who also struggles with pornography, right? Because guess what? He hasn't gained victory over it. He has no wisdom or discipline for you. Yeah. If you're struggling with pornography, how about you go find a godly old man who has conquered that sin? Mm-hmm. And you get wisdom and advice from him, exactly. not some other yuppie dup who keeps, you know, mm-hmm. giving yeah, in. Yeah, giving in. To so, him. yeah, I think th- this is a this might hit pretty hard. Some of you guys listening, but if you don't have, if you're in a context where there's no men like that, you literally have to leave. You're gonna die where you're at. Yeah, you have to go and be around other Christian men that you can emulate. Like if yeah. you're at a church where you, you look around, you know something's off, and all the men around are effeminate and they do not lead their family, yeah. they're not curious about the world, like some of the things we've been talking about, and they're not disciplined, and there's really nothing you can learn from them, you better leave. Yeah. I mean, that, that might hit hard to some of you listening, but you need, you need to reflect on that. I think that's a really practical point. Like You just need to be around other people that are doing the same stuff you're doing. Well, that you can emulate. <laughs> it's going to be huge. When you look at uh, the, uh, the book that Paul wrote to Titus, or the letter, he says, I think, three or four times, stir one another up to love and good works. You can't be stirred to that if you don't have someone <laughs> uh, to do the stirring. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Per, uh, the person uh, standing by the pool of Shalom, they're always going to be uh, uh, a cripple unless the angel comes down and stirs the water for them to get in and find a remedy. Right, So you have to have the stirring done in order for there to be healing. You have to have, yeah. Amen. And you can even see, I think of like when Mark 
began um, early on with Paul and, and Barnabas. You know, we don't necessarily know exactly all that happened with why Mark, you know, and Paul and Barnabas had this disagreement. But, you know, Barnabas took Paul and you can see that he must have discipled him throughout that process because later on, Paul's like, bring Mark. You know, so you can yeah. see that this he was obviously in some ways perception, I guess, maybe that he was discipled by Barnabas and he matured. Right. And I think within learning from my own walk that having a much older man and being willing to be humble and to take correction will will help you to advance and grow in your walk and, and more Christ likeness much earlier on. Um, if we have we have younger men that are spending more time with older men, gleaning from them, learning to imitate what they're doing in their lives. So, and the older man, the exhortation is to be to take on the younger men and to disciple them and, and, and give them examples and invite them into your home to see how you run your family and, and how you build up your wife and, and raise up your children. So I think it's twofold. The young men need to have the humility because as a young man, you just, you think you're right about everything. You, you think that you know it all and you're, yeah. you're full of energy and um, zeal, which is good, but you need to be able to harness that and some older men can temper that yeah. and have them. So I think it's, it's a, Kind of a two-part thing there. I think the young men need to have the humility to seek out older men, uh, and the older men need to be willing to disciple the younger men in the church. Right. Yep. So, so Jason, you're a uh, an old, a old. very, very <laughs> old, old man. man. Oh, whatever. <laughs> so let's. We've been practical. Let's get a little bit more practical. So, what would a daily give us your daily schedule? What do you do to grow in conformity to the image of Christ? For me personally, I mean, I have to leave for work at 5 a.m. So I, I get up, we get up at 4 a.m. And I got a godly wife. She she makes me breakfast while I'm in the Word. I'm, I'm reading. And I do a short prayer before that. So I read every morning before I leave for work. And then I go to work. I, I'll listen to some podcasts, some sermons as I'm driving to work. Um, and then I try to be intentional about making sure that well, I'm responsible for my job. I just go in there and just work hard, keep to myself as much as possible. If the Lord gives me opportunities to share the gospel, then I do it. But I'm there to, to, to bring honor and glory to the Lord, keep my head down and do my job. And then I set out each week to have a discipline. And I've done this for years to where um, I'm going to set a goal that uh, I'm going to set a goal for four times a week. I'm going to work out but a minimum of working out three times a week. And I'm very flexible in that because if I either work overtime or something comes up, then I alter that to know that, okay, if I got a free evening, then I'm going to take that evening to work out. Mm -hmm. um, and then we do, if we don't have plans that evening or something going on, then we sit down, we do our devotions after we eat um, dinner and we pray, we go over things in that. Um, and then we try to be in bed by no later than nine, nine thirty, so that I can get at least, six plus hours of sleep so that I'm not so tired the next day. And then I try to be really intentional about getting things done through the week. So as when Sunday comes, I'm not stressing about the things I didn't get done through the week that I can come and enjoy fellowship at church, come home, enjoy that time with family, these mm -hmm. guys, Brandy, uh, and just enjoy that time and not be stressed about, okay, tomorrow I got a million things I got to do. Yeah. And yeah. so that's just the way I kind of structure my week. Our pastor touched on it today about rest. I'm pretty, um, set on, I, I know I need to get rest. Um, so I'm very kind of disciplined and making sure I get at least six plus hours of sleep every night if I possibly can. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't happen, but that, that's typically how my work week goes. And I'm 
developing those habits. And when you, once you establish those habits, you, you, when you don't do them, you kind of feel like, man, I, I failed this week. Yeah, I, I didn't get this accomplished. And, and then when you get to that end of that week and you're like, you know, you've done those things, it's like, okay, I, this has been a good week. God's been gracious. I was able to get all this accomplished, but have grace to know that you're, you're not going to achieve that each and every week. It's just, yeah. it's discipline's not being perfect. It just means you're consistent yeah. in what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. And you started doing all 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 the disciplined things that you do now. You started doing that right away when you first became a Christian, right? No, I did not. Oh, yeah. no, no, weird. That's probably that's that's a very good point. That's that's my point of saying that yeah. um, being younger and not being willing at time to take correction. Uh, you know, I reap the consequences of some of that. So learning that, hey, you know, you got to be put this put your confess your pride and put it aside and be willing to take corrections from men mm-hmm. that are older than you. Um, so yeah, so it is growing in 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 that maturity in Christ of learning to, you know, establish those good habits and learn from other men. So yeah, no, I was never, <laughs> it wasn't that way. Yeah. Yeah. So I think piggybacking off that, I think the big takeaway from I think this episode should well one of them is that the life the, the life that you live as a Christian, it's like a it's like a tree. You know, you're growing a tree, which is your life. You're an oak of righteousness, and you're growing. And that takes a long time to grow. You just do the same stuff over and over again. You, you're disciplined. You know what to do as a godly man because all the things we've talked about, you have other men emulating it. You have God's word. You have the forerunner of Christ running before us. So you know what you need to emulate. You have God's word, the spirit of God in you. And then you just slowly grow over a long time. So, I mean, I, I love to think about investing. A lot of people just want to get rich really quick. But actually, the way you build wealth is over a long period of time, you literally do the exact same thing, yeah. like slow investing over a long period of time. Same thing in the Christian life. So this is a good lesson I think I, I've had to learn being younger is you want everything really quick, right? You just like, well, you want it to happen. Yeah. But the Christian life, you know, it's a marathon. You're, you're an oak of righteousness. It takes a long time to grow a big, big, strong oak tree. Yeah. So don't be discouraged, um, you know, when you try to do something and it's difficult in terms of like setting discipline in your life, yeah. you just need to literally, like we talked about earlier, discipline is always talking about reproof. So when you get knocked down, when you fall into sin or when you don't fulfill something that you need to do in a, dis- a very disciplined manner, you get right back up and you literally just do the same thing again right. and you don't stop until you get it. And then you have that discipline. Yeah. And then eventually when before you were hardly doing anything, like Jason said, you mess up one thing that used to be like, Oh my, if I could just get there, that'd be amazing. But then once you get very disciplined and you do one small thing in a bad way, then you're like, oh man, that was huge. That messed up. But then when you think about the long scale over the whole swath of your life, you're like, whoa, I've actually come a long way that that's a big deal to me now that I messed that up. Yeah. So you need to look at the long run. It's always good to reflect on that. Like a pastor said today, when you come to rest, you reflect on what you've done. You reflect on your work. You be thankful that you were able to get that work done, that discipline that you had. And you yeah. give thanks for that, and then you rest, and then you, you literally like get ready to do it all over again. You just yeah. don't stop. Right. So a lot of men, I think, probably feel um, like it's monotonous. I'm doing the same stuff. I'm not seeing any fruit. But my encouragement is the only time I've ever really seen fruit is when I did the same stuff over and over and over again. Yeah. That's actually where you do see fruit. So sometimes when you're like, I'm never going to see fruit from this, that's actually like you're actually on the right track. <laughs> like you're actually getting close. Yeah. There's yeah. a there's a lamentation that says, "Do not despise the day of small beginnings." You despise the day of small beginnings if you never even begin. Exactly. Yeah. That's the perfect way to despise, to despise it. It's never too small. So yeah, it's 
yeah, God commends not just sitting uh, with your talent that was given to you and burying it. Exactly. God commends risking things, yeah. maybe failing, exactly, and receiving his discipline because he's a good and he's a kind father to you and continuing to walk on. The Bible says the a wise son makes a glad father. Exactly. Wisdom doesn't come overnight. Yeah. Wisdom is a long, slow process. Yeah. And that's why Solomon says, my son, bind my words upon thine heart. Exactly. So yeah. we need Amen. to bind God's word upon our heart if we really want to be disciplined and honor our father in yeah. heaven. Do you guys think that, that both both of you would say that rings true? Especially you, Jason, being older, that if you just stay at the same stuff, of it, like you, you are doing it. That, that, that that's how you get stuff done is you well, all you know you gotta do you can see what look from a secular standpoint i've seen it you'll see guys that are you just stay on the path you know but they're doing it in vain uh-huh but staying the course with whatever you know god has called you to do eventually you know you're gonna be a millionaire i think what you're looking at but you're you're gaining you're being productive you're growing in that you're you know you're not going to be promoted to like this great position after you've been there for six months or two a year uh-huh. it's longevity is ultimately what gets you into a better position exactly. in your career and um and that's yeah so i just think longevity in something and long suffering in it even if it's hard and exactly. being faithful with the day-to-day responsibilities is mm-hmm. where success comes from exactly it's, it's consistency over the long haul yep and you'll see most men that have you know, in the circles we like, these dudes that we respect, they didn't just, it just didn't happen overnight. Like when you hear the story of Doug Wilson and all the stuff that's, you know, happened at Moscow from Jim Wilson as the fountainhead in a sense. It's like, that's literally been like just 80 years of faithfulness. It doesn't just like happen. Yeah. It's like, oh, how did they get there? It's like, oh man, they've just been, you know, they, they just did this all. No, it was like literally 80 years of just like doing the exact same thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I just think we need to think like that more. It's not just going to happen overnight. Think like Abraham. You look to the yeah, stars. Yeah, look to the stars. Or the, guess the God of the stars. It's but. beautiful. Okay, well, I think that's the main point. Any last huge closing thought that could wrap it up? I think there's some really practical things that we all three can continue to do, um, and hopefully that was encouraging to you guys. Think about the long term, and if you're going to be curious about the world, which we ought to be, then make sure that you're doing it in a disciplined manner. You shouldn't be curious about sin, obviously. You shouldn't be curious about unfruitful things. You ought to be disciplined in the things that you're curious about that are that are actually helpful to the world in line with what God's law word says is permissible. And you just stick at that for a long, long time and, and be disciplined. Apologies on the abrupt ending there and not getting to close out the way I usually do. The audio recorder I was using ran out of battery, so that's why it ended that way. But this is the uh, quasi ending I'm going to record after the fact. So go check out uh, the website forthekingpodcast.com. And you can always reach out to me at forthekingpodcast at gmail.com. And go check out uh, Will's art at reflectedworks.com. That's reflectedworks.com. You can commission art from him or buy some of his prints. I highly recommend you go and extend the borders of the kingdom through God glorifying art. So thanks for Will for running the ad and uh, partnering with us brother in the gospel effort. And I always end with the doxology in 1 Timothy 1.17 to the king of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, the honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Soli Deo Gloria.